Hello and welcome to season two, episode one of Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million part series. My name is Logan Wolf. My wife and I uh, are church planters in Provo, Utah. We're coming up on 12 years now. And during that time, our ministry has taken all kinds of turns. We have been a mobile church, we have navigated a church merger. We have been multi-site. We have shrugged off that structure and moved into a network of house churches. In fact, we've been doing that now uh, for the last several years. And my purpose or my goal in this podcast is to kind of walk back through all of that and to basically point out what I would do differently if I were pursuing the same methodology, the same course of action, as well as what I would do differently if I was just starting from scratch, knowing what I know now with these 12 years um, behind me. And my hope is in in doing this and talking back through this, I can save you some of the frustration and the heartache and the missteps, as well as just the, the time and energy and money um, as you are preparing to labor or are laboring in your, in your city. And season one, I had a couple of guests join me. The, uh, the last episode, the season finale of season one was my wife, Grayson. If you have not heard that episode, I encourage you right now, stop this one, go back, listen to um, season one, episode eight with my wife, um, a great a great conversation just as we're recapping all the uh, previous episodes together. And I was also joined by my friend Isaac Morin in Orange County, California, and he is going to help me kick off this next season right now. And I love having Isaac on because Isaac and my stories are are very parallel, both in the duration of time we've been in our respective fields, but then even just some of the the transitions and the things that we've been through. So Isaac, hello, sir. What's going on, man? Happy to be back. <laughs> it is good to see you. I know it's been uh, since the last episode aired, dropped, I don't know whatever word you're supposed to use, till to recording this. It's been about a month hiatus we took between these two seasons. So uh, maybe even before we introduce our topic or get into the conversation, anything just personal ministry wise the last month, because usually we're sharing some stories with what's going on. Anything going on in the last month you just want to update us on real quick? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I hiked a 10,000 foot mountain in the snow and then I had surgery on a hernia the following week. <laughs> Both of those are completely unrelated. Yeah, and, there you uh, go. Today I, I am celebrating 20 years of marriage is, with you. Is, there with me. So that wow, that is <laughs> there is a just a diversity of things going on in your life right now. That's <laughs> man, that's awesome. Well, it's been a it's been a busy few weeks. We uh we too have been have been busy. We're, we my wife and I's anniversary is coming up as well. We've not been married as long as you. We're going to celebrate 15 years, but we have just had a number of baptisms in the in the last month. Um, since we last talked, so it's been uh, it's been incredible just across across our network. So um, that's great. Yes, we're, sir. Uh, we're getting ready uh, for May. We we've kind of been in the works in the process to this. Fit in the question. We're um, getting the Southern California network of home churches, house churches together uh, in about a week, and so we've been pulling stories together. You know, just all sorts of stuff in a in an, an attempt to. Uh, not just celebrate what God's been doing in the past couple years, really, but really in the last few months. I mean, there's something like 43 churches have been started 
right uh, on, man. The Southern California area. Some of those are out into the into the nations um, as well. And then we're sending off. Uh, Troy is heading over to. I heard, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we've been working together. Some of the network leaders here, um, getting ready for that night. So that's been just some of the conversations with some of the stories and what God's been doing is really, really cool. So, you know, and and this has nothing to do with our topic today, but no matter your methodology, when it comes to ministry or church planning, there is tremendous value in being connected with other missionaries, church planners, pastors for the sake of hearing the stories and being reminded that you're part of something bigger than just your your body, right? Your your yeah. your, your flock. And yeah. so we we actually in January we pulled a bunch of our leaders together and uh, basically it was just kind of a brainstorming session. But what came out of that was the need to do just what you said on a more yeah. regular basis. Pull people, pull us, pull us all of us together for prayer and celebration. So we just had. I just drove up to Ogden, about an hour and fifteen minutes north of where I live here in Provo. And we just pulled together a bunch of our leaders for dinner and we took an hour and celebrated stories. And then we took an hour and prayed and it was just a powerful time. So I, I tremendous value. In fact, that may be a good takeaway. Just if nothing else in this episode resonates with you, make sure you're connected with people and celebrating and praying together and, and, and press, you know, pursuing the, the expansion of the kingdom. So good stuff, bro. Love it. And Love I think it. it's, uh, you know, I think one of the things that as we kind of do a, we have a little bit of a bi-weekly rhythm over here um, with some, it, it's like a blend of conversation and catch up with a little bit of like an iron on iron, you know, type yeah. environment. And usually the resounding bell that tolls, so to speak, is I feel alone and I feel yeah. like I'm just kind of working my own lane. And yeah. uh, and I think that's why what we're going to talk about today is so important. Yeah. Well, then let me go ahead and that was a great segue, sir. Let me go ahead and introduce our topic. Uh, We're going to deal with the mistake that we, so this next, this episode and the next several episodes um, will deal with that season of life and ministry between arriving in, in your city. So for me, that was moving to Utah, moving to Provo and your your launch your start of your church and and that may be a you know a variable as far as how much time that was for us it was a matter of months isaac how long was it for you we we moved here in may we launched in september what what yeah got here in uh late december launched launch service was in march Okay. Very even shorter than us. Okay. That that'll be we will talk about that also. I you think should talk the, about that. We will talk about that the the amount of time between arriving and kicking things off. Um I would do that all over again. I'm already yeah. angry. I'm already angry. <laughs> I robbed my family. Okay. So but what we're going to talk about today is is again it's like with the the conversation we had about church planning books uh maybe even with the fundraising conversation uh it's it yeah it dealt with that season before moving to the field there's probably some of that bleeding over into once you arrive this topic's the same way it's something you could have dealt with before arriving but it's certainly something you should have had in place i wish i'd had in place once we moved and so that's this i i my, this mistake is i did not have a church planting mentor or coach I did not have a church planting mentor or coach. And so um, Isaac and I were brainstorming a little bit before we hit record. And uh, I think one of the things 
were, would be beneficial just before we we pick up this conversation is just some definitions. And so let me let me just kind of present a spectrum to you, and then our conversation will kind of fall in the middle of it. So at the one end of the spectrum, you kind of have like a uh, a cohort or a peer to peer kind of coaching group or something of that, and that would be a a group you yourself and then maybe some some brothers or sisters that are a few steps ahead of you some that are a couple steps behind you and you're kind of all just learning together around whatever topic whatever phase of ministry you're just kind of learning together and so there's a space for sharing you know mistakes sharing questions going to the word together um, bouncing ideas off each other kind of brainstorm that's that's at the one end. and and that's don't let me knock that that is a tremendously valuable thing. I almost always have some sort of peer-to-peer group going here in Utah. In fact, we've got one that's going to wrap up in just a couple of weeks. It'll wrap up in May. Uh, I've pulled five or six of us together and we're discussing church multiplication. And so it's peers, it's people that's been trying to multiply existing churches in our network, and we're problem solving some things together. We're learning together. Now, if you go maybe a step into that spectrum, I would say you have something like a mentor or a coach. And I don't want to use those interchangeably. I want to draw a couple of distinctions. Uh, when I talk about a mentor, I'm talking about uh, probably more of a relational connection there. Um, but it's also someone just sharing from their experience and helping you navigate some, again, some problems, some issues, some phase of life or ministry. And they're just, here's what I've done. And they're giving you advice based on this, that personal experience. And, and you can take it or leave it or whatever, but you're just trying to glean some, someone who's gone ahead of you and you're trying to glean some wisdom and some knowledge from that experience. Uh, a coach, I would differentiate and that they're not so much giving you advice. Um, maybe they're coming, obviously they're coming with some, some expertise, with some knowledge, with some experience, but they're kind of learning your circumstances and situation and helping you navigate that by drawing some things out. Um, maybe a, a, you know, a good coach helps you be the best version of yourself. And so you can get, you know, you can get coaches in all different kinds of topics, but this would be someone probably helping you tackle some specific phase of, of ministry or life, some specific challenge or obstacle or stuckage, and they're navigating you through that. And that may be formal in the sense that you're paying for it. Um, that may be informal in the sense that it's just someone you're connected to. I'm doing a lot of informal coaching with the guys in our network here. Um, I've received some informal coaching and I have received some formal coaching where I've, I've paid someone for some, some input and help draw some stuff out. And then at the other end of the spectrum, which we're not going to get into today would be probably something like consulting. And that would be someone who, again, comes with expertise and experience and knowledge and you're paying them. Um, but they're based, you're paying them because you want them to tell you what to do, right? You're wanting them to bring solutions to your obstacles, to your problems, to the to the barriers that you see in your your again life or ministry or whatever it is. So for our purposes today, we may get into some of those other topics down the road, but we're going to kind of focus in on the mentor um coach kind of aspect. Isaac, do you want to maybe just by by way of starting what when you just talked to moving, you, you didn't do this either. So you rolled in, maybe just kind of give us a rundown of why you view this as a mistake. And then we'll kind of talk through the bit, what would be maybe some of the benefits and and kind of hash that out a little bit, but what was, why, yeah. why is it, why would it be problematic for someone to roll in without those things? Well, you know, I, I think that 
I mean, I get, there's so many, I guess, you know, it's like, tell me, tell me all the things that I regret doing or show me all the things I regret doing in that initial year. And I could probably correlate that back to something that someone could have said, Hey, why don't you think about this? Or, Hey, why don't you consider this? And whether that's a, a mentor relationship or a, a coach, you know, that's just walking through a launch, like, right. Cause there's so many different little objectives you're walking through as you get to that launch date and then beyond that launch date, like in the first year, there's just so many, um, what are the, what are they called? Uh, like benchmarks, you know, that you're kind of hitting. Um, and, and so putting aside the whole, we only had three months to get ready for our grand opening service, which included trying to canvas our entire city uh, before then as well. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just tons of stuff that I'm sure we missed, you know, it's like, I, I haven't really gone back through that, that, uh, you know, Hey, we're here and here's all the things I wish I would have done differently. But I would, I mean, I was counseled at, at the place I was working prior to moving down that you really should only be talking to one individual. So the idea was, at least at least this is the way I was told to approach it, was the person that you're getting advice from won't necessarily take you seriously if they know you're talking to a lot of different people. And, uh, and I, I understand that, right, um, at, at a level from the standpoint of we don't want to be shopping around a bunch of advice and then, um, and, and like cherry picking advice, right? Cause I'm sure there's people that do that. Like they want to get, they want to get advice from four different people, but they're only going to listen if people agree with what they want to do. Anyway, well, uh, that's wrong, but yeah, let me, inter- let me interrupt you. Um, yeah, th- I don't see that's, that's interesting. I don't think getting advice from multiple people is the problem. I think the problem is looking for people to affirm your decisions. And again, when we're talking about mentors and coaches, we're looking for people you're giving permission to, yes, to confront what your, 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 your path and your thoughts and your opinions and say, is that, do you really think that's the best? Have you considered this? What about this? Why would you say that? Or why would you do that? And really make you think through those things. And I think that's the hallmark of a good mentor and, or a good coach is someone who's going to challenge your, yes. your opinions and ideas and not just affirm them. That's, uh, that's almost, almost if you're a mentor or coach agrees with everything you're doing, they're probably not a good mentor or coach, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and, and I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point. So, right. So, so what, what that led me to do then was to seek counsel from, from our sending, from our sending church, right? Like the, the senior guy there, but, uh, so so it did two things. One, it it uh it made me only seek counsel from this individual, which which is a very wise individual. Like I I have nothing but it, I anything that I learned from him is still valuable to me today. Like it was all great advice when I got advice. Um, but the nature of that counsel or coaching was a not structured. And it was not at any regular interval, mm. which I think 
with good coaching, good mentorship, both of those need to be established. We need to know what exactly we're talking about, and we need to have some checkpoints along the way, some follow-up along the way. And um, and we had none of that. Um, so it was basically every time I ran into a crisis, it was like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, hey, what mm-hmm. would you do? But it was always in the aftermath. So there really wasn't a lot of forward-looking, a lot of forward-thinking. And my leadership was was made to be very reactionary out the gate. Um, so that was if if I had to say, hey, what was the worst detriment to to the church plant as a result of not having this or at least structuring it the way we had it structured? I would say that was the worst. Yeah. And, and this isn't like this isn't that guy's fault. This is this is the fault of not having this in place from boots on the ground right. to the launch and really that first year. Because everything at a level in terms of like real church planting problems or real issues that we were facing that were actually, you know, putting up substantial barriers to the growth of the church, to things that would really help the church establish and and do well out the gate, they were, um, everything was reactionary right? There was not a lot of proactivity happening. Now, there was a lot of planning happening. There was a lot of budgeting happening. There was a lot of administration happening. But in terms of like leadership, proactive decisions and things getting put in place, none of that was happening. Mm. So, um, I and I think that that in and of itself was enough for me to look back and be like, holy smokes, that was just horrible, horrible, horrible for the church plan. And really, poor, the, the worst, it was for me because right. I'm the guy, right? Right. And um, not that all, the, again, not all the decisions were reactionary, but man, I'll tell you, there's just some conversations that I had with them that were like, and I, I wouldn't have thought this way then, like, man, we really should have been able to avoid this. But looking back 12 years, I'm like, yeah, there is really no reason why we should have really been having that conversation. <laughs> and And again, this goes back to, a little bit of like, A, the counsel I had originally got about about mentorship and about who I talked to was really wrong. Yeah. And um, and then I think on the other side of it, it was kind of like this whole approach to mentorship that I did have uh just led to reactionary uh leadership. So I appreciate you sharing that, bro. Um, yeah, looking in our situation again, hindsight, just like you in the, in the moment, this was far from my mind. Uh, you know, it's like, and, and there were like, we had our sending agency and they were telling us things. And so, you, I mean, there were voices, um, but now hindsight, you look back, you're like, man, all some of that mess we went through and some of those decisions we made, it would have been so helpful to have a regular, you know, time with either a mentor who's sharing their experience or a coach who's leading us through this process. And we just didn't. So, I mean, even for us, I wish I had initially, I wish we had just had a church planting mentor, um, someone who had done it and was just sharing advice and stories and anecdotes from them and helping us think through our own experience. Uh, again, we had, I, I grew up in a church plant and I shared that story in, in season one where 
I feel like that would have been a great opportunity for us and our home church to kind of continue to flesh out relationship. And that didn't happen. And that's, I think, a, a detriment, a loss. Um, the pastor just kind of cutting us off once we got here. And then, I, th- but even that, I mean, that's outside of our context. It would have been tremendous that even now that I'm talking, it would have been tremendous to have a church planting mentor from Utah. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of churches in Utah and there was even less 12 years ago, Um, but there were people who had done it and it would have been great just to connect with them. And I didn't, and that's a failed, again, I I could have reached out to people. And essentially when you're looking for a mentor, you could, you need to kind of make that first move. I know there may be some people who come alongside you and say, Hey, can't, you know, I would be happy to walk with you for a season, but I think more often than not. Um, even what I'm seeing in, in this most recent season, it's like, you do got to, to take that initiative and ask someone like, can I, can I, you know, yoke up with you for a little bit and learn from you as I'm walking through this. So I wish I'd had that. And then just the, as we got underway, a coach would have been so helpful, someone to help, you know, bounce questions off and think proactively, like you said, the future I'm thinking when we navigated the church merger. I would have loved someone to help us walk through that. Yeah. I would, I, mean, I was doing by the seat of my pants. I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm, I read like one or two books, which we'll talk about that in a future episode and, and did jumped into it. Um, and then of course we're multi-site. So, I mean, I, I've, I'm out here under, I was out here under two different sending agencies, a local church missions agency and a, a denominational sending agency. None of them, like the whole multi-site church was a completely foreign concept. So none of them really could speak into that. And then when we shifted into house churches, it was even a greater disconnect. Right. And so I think some kind of coach in those transitions would have been really helpful even for us and maybe kind of trying to preserve some of relationships with supporters and the body here and those sending agents, someone who could just help us navigate it. And I think to what your point, a good coach, a good mentor would look to those things and kind of help you anticipate and draw those things out and, and ask the questions and get you thinking instead of this reactionary, well, that was a bad mistake. Now, what do we do? Um, you know, that was a terrible decision. Now, what do we do? So, and I, and I think too, and I'll, I'll be careful here because like, again, anything I ever received from that time was always great. And I mean, and I refer back to a lot of it even still, and there were probably some things that he threw up as like some radars and some red flags and or some thoughts about the future and setting some things up. But I think just because we never really entered into that process with this with that idea. So from a helpful perspective, I think for those listening, I would say getting ready to I mean, and this could obviously start well into the early fundraising stages and coalescing a team stuff right, that we talked right. about earlier. But as you really get to move on the ground, having some sort of conversation about the nature of the relationship for one, if we're mentoring or for coaching and this, the same guy could do both. Well, I'll, I'll talk about another piece of this uh, in a second, but so certainly a guy can coach and can mentor. Yeah. Um, and it would be helpful to talk about, Clarifying that at and 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 looking ahead together at, at what's coming up and having a conversation about what he feels he could mentor you through versus what he could coach you through. Yeah. And then also just establishing some checkpoints and a communication interval. 
because uh, checkpoints can be quarterly, they can be every other month, they could be monthly. But when you say checkpoint, are you talking? What are you talking about? Define that for for everybody. I think checkpoint. What what we would be talking about is almost a little bit of like a goal setting language where we're going to put together a plan, we're going to work it for twelve weeks, and the checkpoint is how did that go? Like the checkpoint is twelve weeks, right? So we're rolling into. You know, again, let's just say you're on the ground 12 months before your launch, right? And you've got a strategy of just meeting people in the community for the for the first three months you're there. So the assessment is how many people have you met? Mm. And let's rank them from red, yellow, green, right? And that's your checkpoint. 12 weeks is the checkpoint. Um, and there's a lot of different checkpoints we could talk about. Financial checkpoints, relationship building checkpoints, meeting space checkpoints, purchases checkpoints. Uh, let me let me insert something here before you continue, because this this may be a something to keep in mind when we're looking for, if you're trying to find a mentor or a coach, it, it may just be for a specific season of life or ministry or for a yeah. specific obstacle or problem um, or stuckage that you're trying to address. And not yep. like, I don't think that that's good. I don't think you should come out of thinking this person is going to mentor me forever. And for, so yep. once a week for the rest of my life, I'm going to talk to this person or, or yes. this person is going to coach me. And so once a quarter, I've got to block out three hours because I'm going to talk to this person for the rest of my life. Um, and- there is, there's this like, again, it's like, yeah, a, a fundraising coach. We talked about fundraising in the previous season, a fundraising coach would have been beneficial yep. at the, at the outset. Right. Um, but then that probably wouldn't go to the fundraising coach to talk to me about preparing for a grand opening church service, yeah. right? Or a fundraising coach to talk to me about discipleship. Yes. Or the discipleship person, maybe even to talk about preaching. And so there is this. In fact, let me show you this. Let me show you this picture, and then I want to have you yes. pick up where you just left off. So this and pictures make for great audio. And so this is. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, if you're, you're walking on your commute, yeah. So if you're listening to this, this picture is the best. This is incredible. If you if you're watching on YouTube, I want to show it to you here. I'll describe it. So this comes to us. I I, I shared previously. Isaac and I met at Idea Day, uh, which is a like a brainstorming conference, a collaboration type conference out of Southern Hills Baptist Church in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. I highly recommend it. I'm I'm grateful for Idea Day. I love Pastor Josh Tice. He did this session called Developing a Team of Mentors and Coaches. And so he gave us this picture. Uh, where's the camera? There it is. It's basically it. a conference table. And then around the conference table are a bunch of chairs. And one of the chairs is you, yourself. And then he, let me just give you some examples. One of the chairs, he has a spiritual mentor and then a ministry mentor then a preaching coach and a theology coach or a life coach or your financial planner or your family expert, your accountability partner, your wife or husband, your spouse, whatever. And again, it just kind of goes around the table. And so it's the idea of, I I don't need to go to the one person for everything I'm going to face in life and ministry. Uh, And even this phase of ministry between moving to your field and launching, there may be some specific help and specific input you need that you won't need a year later. And so that person, to your point, I think Isaac, and you could pick up here, may or may not be the person who continues with you in that kind of formal relationship down the road. So go ahead yeah. and pick up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. It, you know, we were talking before the show, you know, it's like multitude counselors, their safety, right? And 
you know, if you find a guy that is willing to help you with all of those things, I would be really concerned about that guy. Um, <laughs> Cause he probably has a, if he knows, high opinion of himself. Yeah, he knows everything. Yeah. And, um, and so, and we, I'm trying to think if we had talked about something along these lines um, in one of the earlier conversations where I guess just having this kind of open-handed communication with the sender or these people right, that are right. in your ministry at any given time where you know, yeah, right. Let's say you're 12 months out from your launch and you're having the conversation about communication intervals, checkpoints, what he feels he can coach versus what he can mentor and just acknowledging that together that, hey, you know, if you think you can mentor or and and or coach me through the first 18 months of this church plant, depending on how that goes, awesome. But yeah. by the way, I would it would only do us the best service possible if you're just very honest about your own limitations. Like, yeah. again, don't try to be the guy that can do all things and become all things to all men. It's just not possible. You know, like you, like together that relationship needs to be of such that we're fine to come and go as we're needed. There's no ego here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when I, when I can coach you on something, I want to do that. But when I just have to mentor you on something, not that coaching is a higher value than mentoring, but right. just, you know, there are nuances to that as we establish in the forefront. So, um, so I think that's a good way to approach it, but have that plan in place because well, that was, that was not at all, uh, how we were structured out the gate. And yeah, there were some, just some pains from the leadership standpoint about, about the way that I thought about the church that probably could have been eliminated had we had that, Hey, what can you, and what can't you? Yeah. Um, and when are we talking and when are we assessing what we talked about? So, yeah. And I think that the episode you were kind of referencing, we, we the, the phrase was all, you know, the majority of relationship conflict comes out of us, um, yes. uncommunicated expectations. Yeah. Exactly. And so we just yeah. assume. So again, the assumption on my part was my, the pastor of my home church who was a church planter would speak into this and he did yep. well, then that my sending agency would be, well, then he didn't. And then, and then again, you don't want someone to come in and you assuming, I think this is maybe even more specific to your point. You assume, well, this person is going to address this issue over this much time and we're going to meet this many times. And they're thinking you're just coming to them for advice. And that's yeah. totally, you know, you can have to ask advice, you know, of everybody you can, that's not it. But to think now, this person and I are going to have a standing meeting and they're going to, that's, I think, so again, in all these relationships, and I think that's been a recurring theme of a mistake is yeah. we just run and think, assuming one thing there, someone else is assuming another, and we're not clarifying what's happening here. Yeah. And so I think in a mentor role, um, a coaching role, or, you know, it's, it's not, this is not indefinitely it's, Hey, for the next season, 18 months, year, would you be willing to meet with me X amount of times to help me think through this, walk through this, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, or I'm dealing with this problem. Could we, you know, could you, you know, work with me until this problem's resolved, you know, six months or whatever it is, you know, and just, then we can reevaluate, but that's, yeah. I think the clarity is huge. Yeah. Um, and, and having meaningful, you know, coaching, mentoring relation, even the peer to peer stuff. Like I have, I've run, I just mentioned, I run peer to peer groups a lot. 
we put a time frame on them. It's like, it'll be this many times. We'll meet for this long. When we do meet, it's about this topic. And yeah. that way the, the cl- it's clear. Okay. We're going to come in and this is what we're going to talk about. And when it's over, Lord willing, you, you end with saying, okay, we did what we wanted to do and we addressed the problem and the stuckage and we we've moved on. And so yeah. I think that's, that's huge. Um, I so want, go ahead. Oh, you know, I was just going to say, and I think on, on my end, again, like we, we're not pointing the fingers at a ton of people, you know, in my experience, but this is one of those things where the entire reason why I took that approach was because I was counseled to take that approach. And so just, I think there's a, a level of scrutinizing the yeah. counsel you're getting it is important. And, um, and I think that's where probably that could have been helpful to have a little bit, definitely have more peer to peer stuff going on than I did at that time. Um, because I had such a respect for the, the, the guy 10, 15, 20 years down the road from me, not fully realizing that they may be operation, they may be operating or their mentality about coaching or mentoring may be a generation reversing, um, the way things were handled and done. And so the peer-to-peer thing is gold. Um, There's certainly something to be said about the gray heads and I'm getting there uh, for sure. But at the same time, it's not like brothers we're walking alongside of now are not walking in wisdom. Uh, They're, they're not just looking to, to be pragmatist They're And they are the ones living in this cultural moment that we're in doing ministry and uh, and that stuff should be like filtered at a level and maybe bounced off of someone. But I I certainly think had I brought that to one of my friends at the time, they probably would have said, "Yeah, I think you might want to look at you know like the photo, right? Yeah, I think you might want to think about all these different seats a little bit." Yeah, I wouldn't have said it as clear as what that session was done. But it certainly would have cautioned against. Like I could see myself even eight, nine, ten years ago, if someone said just this guy, I probably would have pushed back on that and said, "Well, multitude of counselors, right? Like you can't. You just gotta. I would, you know, maybe, maybe change that or push back on that a little bit. So the peer to peer is great, and and I think a lot of the times present now, most of my, uh, I don't want to say counsel, but most of strategic moves that I make now that's that are followed by maybe a blessing or um I don't want to peace is the wrong word but that seem to move the mission forward you know and move me forward in large capacity come from peers that are just walking in wisdom you know so yeah. for what it's worth um Let's let's kind of pull this towards some suggested action items. Obviously, if the mistake was I did not have this in play, I did not have a church planting mentor and or coach. I think the broad takeaway for anyone is like we would recommend that. I mean, yes. I, I would recommend it now. Like no matter what phase you're in, I would look to find some outside counsel. Um, and so let me rattle off a couple of things, and then Isaac, if you want to elaborate on those things or 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 speak, you know, add something else, contradict, don't contradict me on my own podcast. But, you know. <laughs> so here's, I, I would recommend a few that I would, I would look for someone to be a mentor given your current need. 
I mean, you, you, so there's some introspection here, right? Cause you're going to evaluate my gaps in knowledge and experience, uh, recognizing I need to, I know I can always learn more. Um, even if I've got a bunch of ideas, like I want someone to kind of help me process these ideas and hold those ideas up to their own experience and knowledge. Um, and so I would, I would look for a mentor in this phase of life and ministry, wherever you're at. And more often than not, you'll probably have to go ask someone and it's okay. They may tell you no. Cause I think Isaac did a great job of emphasizing this. They may not have the bandwidth or the capacity, the availability right now to give you what you're asking for. Um, don't take that personally. You do want someone who does have the means to be prepared for those conversations and come at it, um, not rushing them or anything. So if someone says, no, I can't do it, or I'm willing to, but it can only be, I mean, go on to someone else and ask, but I would go to someone and say, Hey, would you mind over the next X amount of weeks or months? Um, could we meet this many times on the phone or in person or whatever, and talk about this? I would love your, I'd love to hear your experience, your advice. I'd love to bounce things off of you. So go, I would go find a mentor and begin to develop that relationship. Um, the same thing, Isaac's last point here about the peer to peer. If you're start, just starting church planting, I would try to connect, if you haven't already, connect with a couple uh, others that are maybe a step or two ahead of you. They've just launched or they're already on the field or they're doing the prep work for the launch service or some that are behind you. They're just getting ready. Uh, Maybe they're doing their fundraising or they're just meeting with sending agencies or whatever and just begin to learn some things together. And so that might, again, those topics could could be very specific. It could be around you know, you know, ecclesiology. That was the first episode of this podcast. It could be around fundraising, something very practical. It could be around discipleship or outreach, but kind of learning together. What does that look like? And so uh, when we do peer-to-peer stuff, it's a lot of, we share our experiences. We look at some case studies, some people that have gone ahead of us and we dig into the word and look for patterns and principles from the word and then look for takeaways. So it's a very simple structure. And I think it'd be very meaningful time. So I'd jump into a peer-to-peer group. I'd start asking around for a mentor. And if need be, if you're out of season, you feel like you need a, a professional coach, then I, I would press into that. And I think on the front end, I would have benefited from a, a fundraising coach. I think that's probably a good thing to explore. I don't know if it's necessary, but to explore um, a church planting coach, certainly as you're preparing for your grand opening service or launch service, or again, I'm talking, if you're, if you're going that traditional church model, which is what we started with, which is what Isaac, Isaac started with, I don't, I didn't have that. So I can't recommend someone specific to you but I just did a Google search earlier this afternoon to see, I mean, if you just search ministry coaches, a bunch of stuff comes up and you'll have to you know, filter through that on your own. What's what, because again, it's one of those things you want, you know, I, I we've, and maybe this is a topic for down the road too. Like we, uh, we, we went through some low points in our ministry. My wife and I went to counseling, um, not, not marriage counseling, but counseling to deal with the, all the mess we were going through in ministry. And the first counselor we went to, we went a few times not a good, like not a good fit. So we just, we went to something else. And so that may be when it comes to mentors and coaches, even that's something to keep in mind, just because you asked the person and jumped into it, give it a few, give it a few meetings, give it a few weeks. If it's not what you thought it was going to be, or it's not as helpful, maybe go to, it's not a good fit. It's okay. I think to go to someone else too. And so I would just use some discretion when you're kind of filtering through, you know, who am I going to spend my time with? Who am I letting speak into my life? But Isaac, do you want to elaborate on any of that? Add to those lists. Is that I have such a bad memory. I can only remember the last one you said. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this uh, is your no, last episode. And this is I, Isaac's last episode with us. He's not going to yeah. join us ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I obviously I, I would just network referrals, you know, or uh, I, I think to that pool with the guys who are a little bit ahead of you, 
recognize where they're at, you know, in the journey. Um, and, uh, but they may be a good, uh, person to bounce some things off or, or at least find a person you could talk to, you know, depending on who they're talking to, that may be a good person for you to talk to, um, prior to getting started. Um, gosh, man, you know, uh, yeah, I think the introspection is huge. Uh, and perhaps a, a practical point here is take maybe one of the um those personality assessment uh types. Oh yeah. Uh would highly recommend that. The Enneagrams, all of those things can be really, really helpful. Strength um, finder is also a good one. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. you're going to bring your own set of strengths to your ministry, obviously. Right. And uh, the better you know that what those are, um, the better you can hire to your weaknesses. Weaknesses yeah. early on, because again, that was not something. And maybe we could talk about that at some future episode. Where, I mean, church planning—you're wearing a lot of different hats, anyways. Um, but man, if you're we- why wear any more hats than you need to wear um, if you don't <laughs> if you don't have to? So That's right. Uh, and if you don't. You know, not doing the strength finder, not doing the personality assessment, not doing the Enneagram. Uh, essentially, you're saying I have no idea or interest to know what hat I already could wear uh, well. So don't don't do well, that. And, and no, and to that point, like I had a coach once, and they had like before we met our first time, they actually had me take a bunch of those types of tests, and then some stuff that they had developed themselves. Um, so there is value in it because you do kind of see, like, if you have a the strength that's not where you know we can that's where you need to press in yourself so then where where do we make up the like how do we yeah. make up the weakness so that's yeah, yeah. it is helpful I, I i i totally agree with with what you're saying um unless you've got something else bro i think we can bring this conversation to a conclusion i do want to say i am not a i mean again i i've mentioned i'm doing some mentoring coaching just in our network here um by no means a professional but would would love and be willing to connect with anyone. If just a conversation, if you're just looking for advice and someone to kind of, you know, bounce some things off of, or get some, some specific input, I would love to connect with you. Uh, you can find me. I have a link tree page. It's a uh, L I N K T R dot E E forward slash Logan Wolf. Uh, my wife in the last episode offered that to, to any of your, you know, uh, missionary wives, pastors, wives, um, in fact, she suggested connect with her on Instagram. That's at gray, gray, 88, G R A Y G R A Y eight, eight. And then Isaac, you've pointed people to your church's website to connect with you. Do you want to give that again? Is that the, still the best way? If yeah. yeah. Wanna... Just inlandhillsoc.com. There's a contact form there. Um, I mean, if you want to kick out my cell phone, that's, uh, I'll always welcome a call. So, um, I got a lot of, I got a lot of sticks in the fire, but um, anything like business related, uh, man, discipleship related, I'm down to, I'm down to talk about it. I love both those things passionately. I'm yeah. really passionate about both of those things. So would love to, would love to be an ear and yeah. uh, less of a mouthpiece maybe, but I must say, I think, and that's, that's just us got just so the audience knows that's just us putting into practice what we wish we had had someone being willing to to just be that voice and walk with you. So if that is helpful, by all means, please do reach out to us and then we would love to connect with you. Um, if this has been helpful, we certainly hope it has. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast. Um, 
and leave us a review or a rating. We've got a number of ratings, not not a ton, a couple of reviews. I've received some some um, emails and some texts from different people. So I'm, I'm glad that people are listening and, and finding some of this encouraging and, and thought provoking. I would also ask you to just share it. If you know a church planter, um, you know, someone who's with a church planting organization, a sending agency of some sort, please pass this along to, or even to your own team or something of that nature. Um, and let it be a, a source for conversation discussion, um, as you're on the field or preparing to go to the field. Uh, again, uh, my name is Logan Wolf. I'm joined, uh, by Isaac Morin here, and this has been everything I did wrong as a church planter, a million part series.